Do you have any idea what this costs me? You mean admitting it to me or to yourself? I feel so stupid, so unsure of myself, so exposed. I can't afford to feel like that. No, Ebony, that's not true. No one can afford to deny their feelings. Last night, when I was with him at the party, it was like, like I was a whole person again. And now? Last night brought back everything I ever felt for him a long time ago. You should follow your heart, not deny it. So welcome to Series 2, Episode 32 of Conversation with Eagle Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host, Lance, and joining me on the podcast panel today is Liz. Hello. Sabine. Hi. And Colin. Howdy. With episode notes done by Matt and myself. So Series 2, Episode 32, the screenplay was done by Nick Doughty. It was directed by John Reed. And the episode synopsis were read out by Liz. Ryan takes a leaf out of Lex's book as his relationship with Celine is further strained. Ebony makes a confession, and Tysan is troubled by bad dreams. But what do they foretell? Okay, let's start with Ebony, because she has been reflecting on her dance with Bray from the night before. She opens up to Tysan about her feelings for Bray and how exposed this confession has made her feel. So yeah, panel, what did you make of that scene between Tysan and Ebony? How do you feel about their relationship and how Tysan has continued to encourage Ebony's feelings? I think it says a lot that um, Ebony, you know, in such a guarded way, the way she's had to live her life, uh, you know, this emotional armor against everybody. When she needed somebody, she went to the person who'd shown her kindness, who had made her feel safe when she was still sick in her bed. And um, that look, that dejected look on her face when she just shows up at the door. I understand that took a lot for her to do, to have faith that this person wasn't going to take advantage of this vulnerability that says that she felt safe enough to actually act on her vulnerability and tell someone, I need comfort, I need help, you know, I need advice, I need someone to listen to me. I think that says a lot. You know, and I know how hard that was for her to do. And as for Tysan encouraging her, I do think it's coming from a genuine place. I think Tysan is probably thinking when I let go, when I let my walls down, I started having better relationships with the people around me. And now I have a best friend. I never had a real friend before. So I think from Tysan's point of view, she actually thinks that she's giving Ebony the best advice she can. Um, it's not like her old attempts to help people where she didn't actually think about how it would affect them or if it would actually help them in the long run. Yeah. I think, I think right here, she really believes that holding everything inside and keeping this armor up is bad for Ebony and that if she lets it go and trusts somebody, she'll be happier in the long run. She can't foretell how this is going to go, but I think she's being genuine. Yeah. I agree with you on that. You know, in this moment, yeah, it's, it's what Ebony needs to hear. The encouragement Tyson gives her is just, yeah, for this moment, it's the right thing to do. Is it smart to have Ebony act on that later? Maybe, but yeah, it's just interesting to see that, you know, after everything that Ebony has done, it, it's nice to see her and Tyson getting along like this, 
even after Ebony tried to kill her. Yeah, there's a really good dynamic between Ebony and Tysan Ty, uh, between these last few episodes of them coming together and, and actually being friends and genu- genuine with each other. But I wonder why Ebony decided to go to Tyzan in the first place. Out of everyone that's there in the mall, I wonder why she chose Tyzan. I mean, maybe it's because she's so neutral and she's so forgiving as a human being. That would make sense. But I don't know. I just feel that I think maybe someone else would have gave her more realistic advice or just better advice. Because, I mean, sure, you should. The advice Tyzan gave her wasn't bad but at the end of the day it didn't really help her and her to act on those feelings so fast without processing them i think it just damaged more relationships than than helped yeah but who else was there to go for her to go to though yeah and i don't think it's about the advice so much as she went to the person she trusted to see her this way there was no one else she would have trusted to be like i feel vulnerable and I, this is scary for me. I mean, that's what she literally is telling Tyson. I don't know what to do with these feelings. There was no one else she could tell that to. Tyson was the one who held her. Tyson was the one who didn't hold it against her, you know, that she had done something horrible to her. It's about trust. It really wasn't even about the advice. I don't think she even went for advice so much as she went for comfort. Mm-hmm. Mm, that makes sense. But I still feel that. The trust that Ebony had with Tyzan is the same amount of trust she has with everyone else, which is zero before all this. So I don't know. I, I would just like to see her go to someone else. No, but there is no one else. I mean, who's she going to go to with feelings about Bray? So I mean, it, can, it can go to literally anyone if she's going to Tyzan because, she, again, she, she developed no trust beforehand, especially after trying to kill her. Yeah, but Tyzan and Alice with her, is the one who found her, who saved her from being alone, locked up for all that time. Okay, well then, I would love to see Alice. I think Alice would have been more sure. Uh, I don't know, gave, gave better advice. Alice hasn't been by her bedside, comforting her and allowing her to open up or allowing her to show this vulnerability. Yes, Alice rescued her, but then she kind of wiped yeah. her hands of it. It's right, been right. Tysan yeah. who's been in the room constantly checking on her. You know, do you need this? And never once has Tysan done anything to make Ebony regret mm-hmm. being caught unguarded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's about the trust. Tysan gave her an avenue to feel that she could be weak with someone. Mm-hmm. And that's why she goes to Tysan's door. I feel weak. I feel vulnerable because of these emotions that I have been stuffed down since the virus. And that says a lot. She hasn't felt these feelings for Bray since before the virus. And this is the first time for her, it feels, that they've come out and they've taken over and she doesn't know what to do with them. She is not going to go to anybody else. And if Tysan hadn't been the way she was, I don't think Ebony would have gone to anyone. Mm-hmm. So you think if Patsy was there instead... At her bedside, besides Tyzan, she would have... No. Well, no, it's Why? possible. <laughs> Why not? Because no. Patsy, <laughs> Pat, because Patsy's a child. I don't think that has anything I to do just, with it. Yeah. I think, again, it's about someone who made you feel a little safe. We're talking about Ebony's issues here. Yeah. You know, and if you've been... Bre- you know, think about if someone has hurt you time and again, everyone you've ever met, 
Now, I'm not saying that's a fair assessment of Ebony's situation, but I'm just being reductive. If everyone you've ever met has hit you with sticks, okay, and you finally meet someone who doesn't hit you with a stick, when you're feeling like you need a hug, you're not going to go to the stick people. Mm-hmm. You're going to go to the stranger who didn't hit you with a stick because they're the first person you've met who didn't make you feel pain. And that was new to you. And it was like, while I'm dealing with these emotions, I'm going to go to that person. I don't know if it's the wisest decision, but I'm not going to go to all the people who keep hitting me. Right. Right. Yeah. I just think it's a it's an interesting dynamic that she went or, or she keeps confining in Tizan. And it's awesome to see, obviously. But, um, you know, it's just a big what if for me. I wonder what, what would happen if it was Alice or Patsy or just anyone else to see what type of uh, comfort they would give her, what type of advice they would give her. Yeah, I think it would have been, well, that probably wouldn't have happened. But I would have been really cool if, like, Danny was the one <laughs> that she's talking to. But yet she's, like, still hiding that she really likes Bray. And then behind her back, she's like, yeah, I'm going to move in on your man. <laughs> I think it says something about the writing, the setup of the situation that's actually pretty spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that Ebony created such an environment around her that when she got in trouble, the only person who cared about her is the one person who really shouldn't have. But it was based solely on her personality. That is the only reason Tyson cared about Ebony. Because of Mm -hmm. her particular personality. And I I just think there's something very fascinating about that. Because if you take Tysan out of the equation, there isn't anybody else who would have had the personality to be able to get over someone trying to kill them Mm -hmm. and still try to make peace with them. You know, it's just Ebony really put herself in such a narrow tunnel where she has nowhere else to go. And it's just luck. But that one person she tried to did wrong, still just who she is as a person, she didn't hold it against her. Mm. You know, I, I, I think that's pretty brilliant and um, underrated. All right. Yeah. Classic tale of burning bridges mm-hmm. or burning your bridges. I'm just going to give a shout out to Nick and John. These guys are becoming a dream team of writing and oh, directing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they are killing it. Like, well, yeah. when I, I mean, think about it, you guys. When you're thinking about season two and you're like, oh, I love season two, it's episodes like this that you're thinking of. Yep. You're not thinking about the other crap that it drives you crazy. You're thinking about this stuff that they wrote. You're right. I'm not thinking about season five or four. <laughs> <laughs> if I say I love season two, it's always the second half of season two. Mm. Where are you going? To have some fun. What do you care? Don't you dare talk to me like that. Not after what you said to me last night. Listen up, Celine. From now on, I do what I want whenever I want. Got that? Okay, let's uh, move on to Celine and Ryan. So, with Celine avoiding Ryan after their argument, he confronts her and tries to apologize for what he says, but expresses frustration that Celine keeps running away from their problems. However, unreceptive to his pleas, he doggedly announces that he's going to out for some fun. Um, so yeah, Panel, what did you make of Ryan's attempt at apology and his sudden anger afterwards? She never apologized still for putting putting her hands on him. Celine never apologizes for anything. Mm. <laughs> anything. <laughs> no, she does not. Narcissists don't apologize. No, they don't. This is, um, listen, I'm doubling down. This is still relationship goals for me. 
oh, arguing is still healthy. But at, at a certain point, there does have to be communication. I just think they need a little bit of time apart, you know. Let me jump in there because I, I love Ryan. You know, I love Ryan. But that scene where he goes up to Celine and tells her, I'm going to do what the F I want, <laughs> that was scary. Like, mm-hmm. that was really scary. At least he's sticking up for himself. Celine was just <laughs> like, I don't know, have him by the balls or something. <laughs> just, it just wasn't fun to watch. I mean, they're sticking up and there's like, pretty much threatening action is like it, it overstepped the boundaries mm-hmm. i think there are a lot of lessons to be learned here i still think ryan and celine's arguments are been written really well this is still a great continuation of a mm-hmm. realistic fight between two people they both have very good points being made here and there's a lesson to be learned watching either of them um you have ryan who wants to actually conclude this he wants to like let's work this out he comes he apologizes he even nails the things he needs to be apologizing for i shouldn't have forced a baby on you and i shouldn't have brought up bray and all that i'm sorry i'm sorry i believe his apology is sincere Mm -hmm. probably not worded the best but i think he means it he is sorry that he's caused this conflict and that's how you have to go about it you have to talk about it with your partner and he admits his fault in the fight um, though I will admit with Lance that anger at the end <laughs> when he's threatening Celine tells me he's harboring a lot more. You know what I mean? He's just burying his own personal resentment mm-hmm. down for the sake of, well, as Carlin has pointed out, his peace of mind. That can be very dangerous because that says he's not actually forgiving Celine for the things mm-hmm. she's doing. He's just, it's just becoming a tumor in his stomach and that can be dangerous. Um, but something Ryan or anyone who needs to learn this, when you are at fault with your partner in a fight, you can't expect everything to go back to normal just because you've apologized. It's good that you've apologized. It's good that you've taken ownership of what you did wrong, but you can't expect the other party to suddenly just be fine after that. Sometimes people just need to be angry. They need time to cool down. A boiling pot of water doesn't become instantly cold because you turn the burner off. It needs time. He wants instant gratification because he apologized. And it's like sometimes you just need to give your partner time to steam. Let them be mad. It's okay for them to be upset, especially if you did something wrong. Now on Celine's side. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Celine, Ryan says this later, and he's absolutely right. Celine doesn't know what she wants. She doesn't even know what she wants from Ryan to make this right. When you're mad at your partner because they did something wrong, you have to honestly think, what is it they can do to make this right? Do I want an apology? Do I want them to grovel? Do I want them to do a grand gesture? Like, what is it? What is it going to take for th- for you to forgive them? You have to know that. You have to understand what it is you're expecting from them. Because Ryan apologizes. He acknowledges what he did wrong. That's not good enough. Okay, so what can he do, Celine? You don't give him an avenue to fix this. You basically just told him his only avenue for fixing it isn't good enough. Now, if she'd mm-hmm. said, I just, I'm still upset. I need some time. I just need some time. I need time to cool down, Ryan. You hurt me. You hurt me when you said those things and when you tried to force a child on me. I just need a little time to cool down. That would at least give Ryan something to work with. Like, oh, okay. 
she just needs she just needs time. I should just leave her alone, you know. But she gives him nothing. And you have mm -hmm. to think about that. Mm -hmm. If you cut off your partner's attempts to make peace, then what else are they supposed to do? And that's why Ryan reacts with anger. Like it's never good enough. I apologize. I'm willing to take the, all the wrong, all the blame in this, and it's still not good enough. What do you want from me? And you'll, I, you'll notice after the stupid, annoying, she, and she's like, it's not good enough. You have no right. You know, I'm, I'm whatever. He says, fine. And he leaves the room. And she's like, where are you going? Celine, yeah. you either want to yeah. resolve this fight or you don't. Okay? Like, if you want to resolve it, it means you have to accept that apology and talk it over with them. You can't get mad when that person says, okay, fine. You don't want to resolve this? I'm leaving. You know what I mean? You got to know what it is you want from this person because making invisible goalposts for them to try and shoot the ball through isn't fair. I agree. I'm happy he's going to relieve his stress with Lex. <laughs> it's been a long time coming. <laughs> it always goes back to the fact that no fight with Ryan and Celine ever gets resolved until Celine is ready for it, too. Mm -hmm. That's not a good sign. Yeah. Again, I, I do feel like they're just together just to just because they're together. They've you know, been around each other for so long uh, throughout the year. And so, so, again, they don't love each other. I don't think that's fair to say, especially I given think their Ryan age. does. I think they do love each other the best of their ability. But how many of us can say we loved someone to the best of our ability when we were 15 or 16 years old? Yeah. It didn't make our feelings any less genuine. But we were young and immature, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I don't believe Celine loves Ryan. Yeah, I, I believe <laughs> he loves her. Yeah, I believe he does love her, but I, I don't think her feelings for him are. Yeah, that they're, they're not. <laughs> Ryan's in, Ryan's in love with protecting somebody and having someone think of security him as security. Yeah, and Celine is in love with the idea. That yeah. someone wants her and that mm -hmm. someone that she's not alone, that she's not going to end up alone. She wants that security. She and needs to leave her and get a dog. Yeah, but that's dangerous. Someone might poison it. Oh my gosh. I think, uh, Celine, I do believe. That Celine and Ryan love each other to the best of their ability. Even Celine, the narcissist, is loving him to the best of her ability right now. But I think you guys are right. Her love is clouded by the confusion of love versus just feeling safe with someone, mm -hmm. someone who's meeting her needs. Um, I think there's plenty of arguments that this isn't love. You know, this isn't how you. But I, you know, I, I think Celine does enough, at least in my opinion, to show that what she's feeling for Ryan is sincere. And then, of course, you have Ryan, who's doing the same thing. At the end of the day, though, I think Celine and Ryan's biggest problem is how can you love someone else when you don't even love yourself? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Celine's problem is just her insecurities. So are his. You know, Ryan doesn't love Ryan. You know, he doesn't yeah. know how. He's just so happy that someone liked him, liked him, and thought he was good enough. And it still wrestles with that insecurity that maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe she wants someone else, you know, and hasn't found love for Ryan yet. And Celine also has no love for Celine, nope. you know, and it's a tragedy, y'all. <laughs> mm -hmm. But a well-written one. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
and I got to give the actors uh, props. Um, both Ryan and uh, Victoria do fantastic, fantastic job arguing with each other, yelling at each other, emoting with each other. Mm-hmm. Come on. You're jealous? Oh, don't flatter yourself. Danny, if you remember, I asked you to be my partner. So? So, you could have said yes. In fact, if I remember right, you suggested I dance with Ebony yourself. Oh yeah, and it sure looked like you hated every minute of it. Ebony's a great dancer. We had fun. Danny, it's not Ebony I want. It's you. So, Bray, he finally corners Danny after she's been avoiding him ever since the dance party. And this leads to Bray confessing to her that he wants her, not Ebony. And it leads to their first kiss. So, thoughts, panel? All I keep thinking is this comment I read where someone was quoting this. It's not Ebony I want, Danny. It's Amber. <laughs> but you'll have to do. Huh? You'll have to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that sums up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So weird. Time to be fair, Liz. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from the fact that I don't think Bray is legit in love with Danny so much as the parts of Danny that remind him of Amber. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even going to fault him for that. You know what I mean? Like, it happens. Um, <laughs> okay, hold on. Someone else has to go. I can't stop. <laughs> Did anyone enjoy the kiss? <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching it now. Okay, first oh. of all, it looks like Bray kissed her. Like he's just doing everything, and she's just like, "All right, well, it's, it's happening." Okay, well, <laughs> going with the ride. <laughs> yeah, let's just stand here and go along with it. It's supposed to be such a moment, you guys. This mm. is what they've been building up to all of season two. This romance, and it tells you something when their first kiss does not land. Well. <laughs> You know it would be really funny if like the scene was over and then how uh, was it Dwayne the actor is like all right that wasn't in the script but I think that went really well. <laughs> oh my goodness. They look like two dead fish being pressed together. Mm-hmm. Oh boy though. Yeah you're absolutely right. This is what we're waiting for the big build up for the confession mm-hmm. to each other and it's just okay. Well, to be fair, there's not really like a good kiss kiss scene that I've that I've seen. BS. No, 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 no. Yeah. Mm -mm. There have been some great kisses when they led up to the climax kiss. Bramber. I'm not even a Bramber. That first kiss was gold. Come on, Eagle Mountain. The the lighting, the music. That I don't remember. remember anything from season one carlin so it doesn't even work for you is that when she gave him the ring no it's not they should have kissed there they kissed before then carlin you don't get to weigh in on this wasted all right (laughs) my point is when you're building up to a romance everybody knows like whether or not it's romantic comedy and you got two people who have to go from hate to love or whatever this moment this is what you've been building up to you're supposed to feel something. You're supposed to feel a sense of relief. Oh my gosh, we finally got here. You know, this is amazing. And again, I'm not a Bramber, but Amber and Bray's first kiss, brilliantly done. They earned it. It was like, wow, we are yeah. finally there. That moment was 
golden to her getting the eyelash off his face, talking about making wishes, the yeah. looks, the camera zooming in on their faces, the way they were gazing at each other. Oh my gosh. And then those lips met and you, it was like, yeah, okay, you guys earned this. Yeah. This doesn't work. I feel nothing but awkwardness <laughs> for the both of them. Yeah, it needs fireworks. And it doesn't have any. Yeah. The soundtrack doesn't even support what they're doing. Nah. <laughs> True. It's nothing. It's just Yeah, that's the that's the soundtrack that's used when something sad is happening, which I guess fits pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, even later on, even Trudy and Jay have more chemistry than this. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, best romantic date ever. A vegetarian <laughs> fixing somebody. <laughs> okay, we'll take another Bramber moment. Think about the kiss on Eagle Mountain when they've been fighting and he's about to leave and she's like, Where are you going? And then Lex has to stop nah, step in. And I, I rather no, I no, I'm no, the no, no. Amber moment in that was a good three. scene. That was a good scene. The way he just drops his bag, she jumps yeah. into his arms. That was a beautiful kiss. Hell, even mm -hmm. in season three, even though I hate everything about the Amber Resurrection story, that moment when she comes to him on a stormy night. Yeah. Oh, my God. I thought that was the best one. And that sees her. That was beautiful. No words spoken. These two people just staring intensely at each other. And again, I'm not a Bramber fan. You can make these kisses work. Yeah. Bray and Danny, they just, they didn't earn it. It doesn't work. Characters don't have any chemistry. Okay. Well, then those are the only kisses then. No. I, there are still others, Ebony and. Uh, oh, don't even don't 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 don't. <laughs> even Ebony and Jay had a more climactic yeah. kiss than this. No, you know he's all wounded, and you know he's come to her room, and he's got all she's patching him up, and there's been all this sexual tension between them, and then they just lean in and kiss. I'm like, go, Ebony, get some girl. Yeah, I don't know what's worse, this this kiss with Danny or Ebony's kiss with with Ram. Mm -mm. It's all really bad. <laughs> <laughs> but come on, even Ned showed more emotion when kissing Alice than these yeah. two for each other. Those were good kisses. I agree. It's, this one just didn't work. It just it does not nope. work. And you have to ask yourself why. Like, it wasn't staged in any yeah. great way. It was just left flat. And yeah. Like, the camera work isn't very creative. It's not very inspired. You know what I mean? Um also, the conflict between Bray and Danny isn't really working. Because, again, mm -hmm. Danny's mad because she's set Bray up on a test, I guess. Hey, why don't you go dance with that girl I'm really insecure about? And then he does. And she's like, oh, my gosh, she doesn't really like me. Whatever. You know, it's like, don't do that. <laughs> don't help out your partner get another partner. That's on you, fool. But whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't really care for that. Yeah. Don't test your partner that way. That's stupid. Don't do it. You know what I mean? And that's what she's mad about. And then I never bought Bray's overwrought emotion for Danny. I just never. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just never worked. Oh, that, that's just him projecting Amber onto her. Oh, my gosh. I have to tell you and everyone else every episode how much Amanda am I? I just can't. Um, I, I think what really made this scene so goofy to me is when they first saw each other, when he walked in that room, she's like, I wish you stopped sneaking up on me. Like, I came through your door. <laughs> what do you mean? I wasn't hiding under the bed. 
And then they started you know, yelling and all this stuff. I was not expecting them to kiss. It also doesn't work because wasn't it just another episode ago where Danny was like, I thought he would tell me where he's going. <laughs> mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah, very weird. What are you two fighting about? This is stupid. This is manufactured drama. It's not working. Yeah, no way Danny hoses his face too. Looks weird. <laughs> she wants Looks to cover so it up. Weird. She don't want anyone to see what they're doing. Yeah. No, it's 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 poorly filmed. Um, there's just no inspiration. You know what it is? You know what probably it is? I wish. Uh, you know what? I well, I don't. You wouldn't know, but I bet this is like it could be maybe someone's first kiss. The actress who played mm-hmm. Danny, maybe possibly. Probably possible. Um. You know, but when I think of other actors who were even younger, who likely had their mm-hmm. first kiss on the screen, they still made them work, you know? Yep. And um, this just doesn't. Maybe that's why Bray, they, they spend so much time with Bray saying what Danny means to him because they've never been able to convey it. Mm-hmm. I don't remember Bray saying, Bray and Amber saying these things to each other. Yeah, having they to did constantly it. just having to say how much the other means to them. It just came oh. across. Yeah, because you could see it. You could see it. And I think Brian and Danny, I think maybe subconsciously even the writers could tell. It's not coming across. We have to have them constantly saying it. You know, and it's just, <laughs> even the nine-year-olds weren't buying it. The, the writers were trying to convince themselves. I'll tell you what happened. The writers were trying to convince themselves. And in the moment, they filmed it and they saw it and they yelled cut. They looked at each other and they're like, we're going to have to hire that actress back because this ain't working. (laughs) Carlin, you might have a point. Not about the first kiss, but just what was going on behind the scenes and the actors, their natural chemistry with each other. Because it's like when I um, I hate to bring up Harry Potter again. Sorry, guys. but (laughs) Bring it up. Bring it up. Bring it up. You'll notice uh, the actress who played uh, Ginny and the actor who played Harry. Ugh. I love those movies. I love those books. But I'm not going to deny that it never worked on screen between Harry and Ginny. Nor in the it books. Worked, I think it worked in the books. I'm not going to get into that. But you could tell how uncomfortable the young actors were to suddenly be having a love affair with someone they've known mm-hmm. since they were nine. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And it was just not something they could kind of get around. It was awkward. Every time poor mm-hmm. Daniel Radcliffe had to kiss anybody, it was awkward, you know? Mm-hmm. And yep. um, so, I mean, it is possible that uh, Dwayne and Ella just didn't have that kind of chemistry. And it just came across every time on screen. Because, yeah, it's just... <laughs> yeah. They're trying. But Dwayne just comes across as a creeper. Mm-hmm. And... Ella looks enthusiastic, but she looks like someone needs to just take you home. You don't belong here. <laughs> She's like, oh, my first kiss. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a shame because it, it does feel like they've kind of given up on Danny and Ella, like quite a few episodes back anyway. Like, it's like just, they've just given up on, on her and developing her. Um, I'm sure a lot of things are going on behind the scenes at this point. Because mm-hmm. at this point, her personality is basically insecure about Bray. That's all she is now. Mm. And that's all she'll be until the day she leaves. Insecure about Bray, but every now and then she does something important. You know, I have to take care of something with the tribe. But that's it. That's who she is now. Mm-hmm. And it was like, what was the point of building up this character so much? She's yeah. just going to be relegated to a insecure shrew in Bray's life. Like, she deserved better than that. Come on. It does make you a little bit angry because, like, how come they... 
did they really not have an after story for when the virus, her whole virus was finished? Or were they just thinking, okay, no, she can't pull it off, whatever idea they had next. It's, like, yeah. it's just so strange. Hmm. That's a good question. Well, this this show is known for like, didn't they say they were like writing episodes mm-hmm. in the midst of filming? But Yeah, but Bray had a plan, like character outlines for like three or four seasons. He knew yeah. kind of where a character would start and end up. Maybe the middle right. bit would unclear but he would have known what was going to happen to Danny and the fact that they didn't act on that is telling (laughs) Mm -hmm. see that's why I always felt like either the virus storyline was simply invented for Danny to make her stand out from Amber but everything else in her storyline is basically Amber's stuff and it would have worked if it was just Amber's stuff the continuation of she and Bray's relationship and all the things that interfere with it are stuff they've had to deal with in the Mm -hmm. past so it has poignancy. Ebony coming in between them has poignancy. Celine coming in between them has poignancy. It doesn't mean anything when it's happening to him and Danny. But I also feel it's a good argument for Celine's uh, theory that Danny was invented alongside of Amber to have this storyline. Mm-hmm. Because it wouldn't be as noticeable if Danny was just a tertiary character who happened to have the virus storyline. And then was just sort of in the background doing her thing. It wouldn't be so noticeable that they're doing nothing with her. You know what I mean? Um, So, yeah, I just, because she's just given the leftovers of Amber's storyline, it's noticeable. Because you did everything Mm -hmm. in your power to make her stand out and make her so important. And then she's just relegated to this annoying love story that because it's a new one it doesn't matter we've already seen this before with the same people interfering (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's just rinse and repeat you know and unlike with if it were brain amber where this would be a part of their relationship continuing to grow and mature it's just a pale imitation of what we already saw them go through in season one can guarantee you one thing on that though Amber would have never told Bray go dance with Ebony. No, I don't think she would have. <laughs> yeah. Amber ain't dumb. Are you kidding me? <laughs> nah, she would not have suggested he go dance with a woman that she's insecure about and already knows try mm. to get her man. No, she would not. Mm-hmm. No way. She'd be like, I can't dance. Why don't we uh, go do something else while this dance is going on or whatever? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Amber would not do that. But season five Amber would. <laughs> get me started on that abomination of a character (laughs) we don't talk about season five that's not amber that's a pod Mm -mm. person i have a theory but i'll get to that um okay so yeah let's move on to what happens next so as the roosters continue to cause trouble for the morats ebony arranges a rendezvous with bray on the pretext of meeting an informer Instead, she confesses to Bray for her love for him, not knowing that he and Danny have just shed a kiss, and says that she has changed. However, frustrated with her deception, Bray angrily rebuffs her, and when Ebony stresses just how hard this is for her to admit, he tells her that he doesn't care, and that this is what she deserves, listing just some of the things that she has done in the past. So yeah, panel, um, was Bray too harsh? Was he too cruel? Does anyone feel sympathy for Ebony, or is this just, is this just karma? <laughs> I feel bad for her, but I get why Bray responds this way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, after everything she's done, yeah, I get why he he doesn't even want to believe her uh, 
once he claims to be genuine about this. And yeah, I, I get why he's angry. And really, she had it coming. Even though I feel bad for her, because, you know, she's clearly struggled with a lot of things in her past. And she doesn't open up easily. So for her to just tell him everything like this, it's really hard. But yeah, his response is totally justified, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I There was a time that my sympathy was more towards Ebony. And I remember like joking about how Bray mm-hmm. causes everything that happens. <laughs> like, Bray, <laughs> if you just accepted what she was saying, none of that stuff would have happened, whatever. But I'm in the camp of Sabine that is harsh as it is. And I do feel for Ebony. She is allowing, you know, she what she said to Tysan, it was the first time I felt whole which speaks to how much of her own identity she has swallowed down to survive in this world. Mm -hmm. And for the first time she felt she was able to express both sides of who she is, the tough fighter, but also a vulnerable girl who's just dancing and having fun with a boy. She was able to do that. And so I do feel bad because that sucks, you know? Um, And (laughs) does anyone really deserve to be this emotionally slapped? (laughs) But this I, was, I mean, some people do. <laughs> at the end of the day, as Sabine said, this is karma. Can you really expect this guy to <laughs> believe what she's saying to him? This isn't the first time Ebony has put on the femme fatale with him before and even mocked him for buying it. She has done nothing but lie to this guy for the last year of his life. She's just proven that she's not the girl he fell for. To the point where he's now just like, we had nothing. It was fake. You weren't who I thought you were. We had nothing. I can't blame him for being like, get out of my face with this crap. It doesn't help that she started this whole thing with another lie. You know, by mm-hmm. saying, instead of saying, I need to talk to you about you and me. I need to talk to you about something important. She had to, you know, fabricate a whole story to get him out there. That did not help her situation at all. Didn't help her cause. Because he's like, oh, where I've cut time out of my day because you told me there's a rebellion brewing and that there's somebody who wants to talk to us about it and we're out here looking for this person and now you're finally telling me there is nobody. You've are, you're already starting this entire confession with a lie that does mm-hmm. not help her case. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yes, I'm sorry, Ebony. But again, lesson for those out here who hurt people, being sorry isn't going to fix it. It's not going to suddenly get you the things you want because you're mm-hmm. sorry because you've hurt people and now you want to be a different person. They don't owe you forgiveness. You, you, redemption is not some easy road. Okay? Mm-hmm. You have to mm-hmm. earn redemption. So I'm sorry, Ebony, but you had this coming. Yeah. Eh, Jay didn't earn, earn, earn his redemption. I'm not talking about Jay. We're talking about mm-hmm. Ebony. He just had a six pack and they forgave him. But. Again, yes. we're not talking about that. <laughs> Ebony and Bray. <laughs> right. Uh, this this was the moment for me that definitely made Ebony easily a top three character of all time. And it became uh, a theme throughout the series that you can see that she is this horrible human being that just hurts people continuously. But with each story arc, you understand why she's uh, why she's doing it. Yeah, such a great scene. One of my favorites. There are some interesting things about this scene. Um, 
that remind you, once again, we're dealing with a narcissist. Ebony expresses acknowledgement of the horrible thing she's done, but you'll notice she never acknowledge, like expresses remorse for having done those things. She's mm -hmm. telling Bray, I know I've hurt people and that I've used them, but never should she say, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry I hurt you, Bray. I'm sorry I did those things to you. I'm sorry that your family isn't here anymore because of what I did. And I can't make up for that. She doesn't ever express remorse or regret. She just acknowledges, yeah, I did those things, those terrible things, and then gives an excuse for why she did them. I did these terrible things because there was no one ever there for me. So that, that's all he gets. That doesn't help. You know, I, I can honestly say that if my ex-husband came to me out of the blue and said, I'm still in love with you, I'd probably respond the exact same way Bray did. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to listen to a word. Mm -hmm. If he said it the way Ebony did, he didn't like apologize for what he put me through or he just mm -hmm. said, yeah, I know I did these terrible things, but I realize I'm in love with you. I would <laughs> drop kick him down the road. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, hashtag cry more. Get out of here. Why are you, are you serious? Really? I don't care. I don't care that you love me. You, you did too much damage. I don't love you, mofo. Get out of here. Yeah, I would have never, uh, I wouldn't have believed her. How, how can you? How can you? Yeah. I would have thought about it, though. Would have thought, <laughs> would have thought about it. I think you see that. Bray actually is listening to her. Yeah, you see it. And then yeah. he go, and then he starts bringing up all the reasons, like, no, 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 I can't trust you. Even if I want to, at my heart of hearts, I wish you were the girl that I fell for. I can't trust you. I do think part of that, of the fact that he's listing all those reasons, is to hear himself say it. Why it's a bad idea to right. listen to Ebony. Yeah, yeah, agreed. You tell from his face, he's like, is she telling the truth? Is she? Uh, no, she killed our dog. So no. <laughs> Absolutely not. And then he says what makes sense. What are you actually hiding? Who's coming after us? What are you trying to distract me from? Who are you going to betray me to? And he's not wrong. Ebony, you can't be a better person for a day and expect results. It's not how this works, sweetheart. I'm sorry you went through what you went through. It wasn't right. You deserved love. You deserved validation. You never should have been raised like a, a puppy in a fighting pit with your sisters. It was wrong. Mm -hmm what happened to you honey but you can't do this much damage and expect people to just forgive and move on like you didn't do that stuff to them i'm sorry it just that's not how redemption works i mean and yeah like how following on from this like how do you feel about like the fact that he's going to use this as a fact as why she will never open up and show her emotions to anyone <clears throat> it's just proof that once again this person was never sorry for the things they did they just wanted something. And now they're going to act like, oh, I didn't get it. I didn't get what I wanted. Therefore, being a decent person isn't worth it to me. Mm. And that's the heart of the problem. She never reflects on this. She's never going to be like, wow, that totally makes sense. Because I did so much damage to him. Why should he forgive me? And I need to earn that. No, no. She falls back on what's easy. And that just tells you her whole outlook on life. She treats it like this is Bray's fault. He didn't give me what I wanted when I let myself be vulnerable. So he's just another person who screwed me over. Instead of, instead of the other way around. Wants. Right. That's how yeah. Ebony walks through life. 
classic narcissist. Everybody else has done things to me. I am the victim. I'm never responsible for the situations I end up in. Everybody else's fault. And bravo to the writers for bringing us such a great illustration of it. Mm-hmm. I, I did laugh at her dramatic Okay. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Woo! <sighs> Collapse to the ground. Okay, Scarlett. Jeez. Yeah, Meryl, she came in today. She was like, go hard or go home. <laughs> we don't have we don't have Trudy here. Someone's gonna make up for it. <laughs> Listen, I would have collapsed too after hearing <laughs> Ebony say all of that and then knowing that he's gonna go back to Danny. <laughs> Actually mind Ebony being pissed that like Danny's the reason. I would be too. I'd be like her, mm-hmm. the girl with no personality. That's who you picked over me. Mm-hmm. She would be here next season. <laughs> I could at least respect Amber. Who is this? One of my friends, since he's here. No, I told you, Ryan. Why don't you come back with me now? Selene's really worried about you. Uh, come on, Ryan. Let's go home. This one. Have one drink with me, then we'll go. Come on, Lax. One. I'll do any harm, and I promise we'll go. Okay, just the one, and not a word to the others, especially like Alice. Not a word. Scouts on her. Meanwhile, um, Alice asks for Lex's help in finding Ryan for Celine, and after tracking him down to a bar, Ryan convinces Lex to have a drink, and the pair end up getting quite drunk and discussing women. But we also see Ryan almost cheer up as he confesses just how badly he wanted a baby. Um, say, Panda, what did you make of the scenes between Ryan and how do you feel about him pulling Lex back into his old ways? Uh, I thought this was about to turn into one of those weird fan fictions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me, it has. It, it did have that vibe. It, it did have that vibe. <laughs> I mean, especially that first scene, the opening scene with Ryan being in the bed. <laughs> The whole episode, when they, when they collapsed on the floor, when they go back to the moon, I was like, okay, I see where this is going. <laughs> I, I have to say, even though it was hard to see Lex fall back into drinking, it was great to see these boys having a real talk with each other. And it's just not something they would do sober, in their case. But yeah, I like the fact that Ryan just confided in Lex, how he was feeling, and Lex opening up about, you know, the kid that never had to, never got to be. So, yeah, those moments were kind of sweet, in my opinion. But the moment they get, get back to the mall, it's just, I can't help it. It made me laugh. <laughs> I find Lex and Ryan to be very bittersweet this episode, but beautiful overall. You know, mm-hmm. um, it, this is the first time I can say from my opinion, that Lex is being a genuine friend to Ryan. Mm-hmm. Not in a sense that he's trying to get anything from Ryan, trying to get Ryan on his side so that he can use him. You know, you know, finding Ryan in his bed because Ryan's been drinking. And for the first time, Lex is experiencing what it's like to not have that dependency and being like, you're not, you're better than this, Ryan. Get up. You shouldn't have drank so much. You're the good one between us. You know what I mean? You're the responsible one. Get up. He's being a responsible friend. Get out of bed, you know, joking with him. It's very cute. I love it. Um, 
you know, he has higher expectations of his friend. And then, you know, when he goes looking for him, I love that whole kitchen scene with Alice and Jack and Lex. Brilliant, very cute, sharp writing. And he he goes looking for his friend, you know, and he finds him. And even before he starts drinking, he's listening to Ryan, listening to what Ryan has to say. And, uh, you know, commiserating with him and in the past when lex would give ryan advice it was always just so alpha male bs and for the first time he's admitting i'm with you i don't know what they want from us either i don't know what i'm doing i'm just like you i'm struggling i'm trying to figure it out i feel your pain i feel like he's actually trying to be a friend to ryan for the first time i've never seen him be this genuine with ryan mm-hmm care what ryan is feeling he has nothing to gain from this remember he's not trying to get anything from ryan he's just trying to bring his friend home and listen to him and it's it's very heartbreaking these two boys talking about their losses and just trying to figure out their way in this world and i i can't really blame ryan for not realizing that inviting lex to have one drink that that you can't do that with someone who's an alcoholic Mm mm-hmm just because they stop drinking, they'll always be an alcoholic, even mm-hmm. when they're not drinking. So I can't see, I'm not thinking that Ryan's being selfish and not recognizing that, you know, and uh, not realizing that his friend won't have that kind of control. He'll never be able to have one drink, you know, and so I can't really blame Ryan for that. There's a lot of people who don't realize that. And uh, I guess Lex had said, no, I'm not drinking. I'm not, I don't really adamant about that. I don't think Ryan would have forced him, you know. Um, and even though, yes, it brings Lex down, you know, off the wagon, which happens, I I don't feel like it was a deliberate act from someone who didn't care. You know, it was two boys just commiserating about trying to figure it all out. And so that's why it's bittersweet. You know what I mean? Because it's it's very lovely seeing the boys bond this way. No, it's not great (laughs) that Lex has fallen off the wagon. And, but I, I'm in Lance's camp. I thought they looked so cute, like a pile of puppies. And I don't think I could have been mad at them. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You did what you wanted, Alice, you know? Mm -hmm. Why are you scolding them? They can't understand what you're scolding (laughs) them about. Just put them to bed and make sure they don't choke on their own vomit. Deal with them in the morning. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. He did what he said. He brought his friend home. They're laughing. They're bonding. Deal with it tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't be mad at him. But then again, I have a son the same age. So why can't? (laughs) They're just children in my eyes. So the mom in me is like, all right, don't worry. I'll take care of you in the morning. I'm just glad you're home. Get bed. Yeah. What a classic episode. So many quotes from this episode that keep sticking in my mind, like from the Lex and Ryan scene. You're in my but bed. Alice, this, Uninvited. Yeah. Take Alice, for instance. I, I wish someone would take Alice. <laughs> yeah, the acting oh. is superb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Ray Ryan says that. Now, I, you guys know I don't like mm-hmm. the fact that Ryan pressured a baby onto Celine. Yeah. And even now doesn't seem to respect the very valid reason she didn't want to have one. Mm-hmm. I still feel for him. He says, I just wanted a baby. I wanted a baby yeah. so bad, you know, and he's allowed to feel hurt about that. Mm-hmm. He's allowed to have wanted something very badly and he can't have it. You know, um, I don't think his reasons for wanting a baby were healthy or even right, but 
I can still feel for him. I wanted this thing. Mm-hmm. And she won't have one with me, you know? And Ryan does a really great job portraying mm-hmm. that, that pain. Yeah. And even Lex, I wanted mine too. I really wanted mine too. Like, oh, you poor babies. Uh, oh, yeah. Did anyone notice the couple behind Ryan in the bar scene? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, chemistry. <laughs> More, more than Danny and Brian. You'll see the two. Got a lot of I, see, I see them now. I never <laughs> noticed that. Come on. Jack and Dal have more chemistry than Bray and Danny. Everybody has more chemistry than them. That's uh, true. I was just watching an episode and it kept drawing my eyes. I was like, oh, them two are getting along quite well. I was like, just yeah a lot of great acting in this episode mm-hmm. i love how focused this episode is we don't spend a lot of time on any tertiary storylines yeah. you know what i mean like we stay in the pocket this episode and i'm like this is so mm-hmm. well so streamlined just hitting the important points that we need to know and moving on and giving the, ch- the actors a chance to you know chew the scenery and do their scenes and it's just really really nice I argue that the, the best acting is in season two. We have the best character development, I think. Oh, hands most, down. Most thought out character development. Most, you know, they knew where they were going from point A to point B. I'm going to, I'm, I'm giving them that. Not, I don't feel like any of the other seasons touch that sense of telling a story from beginning to end. Season two is the only one that knew exactly where it wanted to go. Do they have trouble? On some of the cul-de-sacs along the way, sure. You know, they take wrong turns, they have to turn around, but they knew where they were going. You don't have to like where they were going. You don't have to like the road trip to get there. But it's the only season that knew what it was doing from point A to point B. There's very little fluff, very little needless crap floating around in season two. They're telling a story. I got to give it credit for that. It's one of the reasons I think it's one of the best written seasons. Hands down. I agree. You just don't understand, Jack. What's with you, Tyson? You've been off all day. Is this about that dream you had, Tyson? Well? Well, I didn't want to say anything, but I see now I have to. We have to face this great test. All of us. And it may be our greatest yet. So that leads us to our final thoughts of the episode. So throughout the episode, um, Tyson has been... Um, having laid down hints about her dreams and she explains to Tribe that she's been having bad dreams relating to a great threat to the Morats over which we see shots of the Chosen from earlier on in the series and later a crying Ebony who has just seen Bray and Danny together is in the sewers and she witnesses the entrance of a hooded figure who turns out to be Tro- Trudy with Brady so yeah, panel how did you react to the Trudy's return especially in relation to Ty San's dire warnings utter joy <laughs> I think that's the best <laughs> way to describe it what a yeah. way to end an episode! Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the greatest ending yeah. out of any episode in the entire series. It's my absolute favorite. I have it on my mm-hmm. phone. I watch it all the time. I listen to the epic music while Trudy's pulling down her hood. She's like, I'm back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, and the look on her face combined with that makeup. It's just perfect. And then for her to come down there, pull that that hood from her head to have Ebony sitting there as vulnerable as he can be. Oh, <laughs> that look <laughs> was amazing. Yeah. Oh. 
I love everything about this. I love mm-hmm. Titan's foreshadowing, the way she's making it clear to us, the audience, a storm is coming. We won't weather it. You know what I mean? Like it's a hurricane. It's going to destroy our boat. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to be lucky if we ever survive this. And it's just, you know, the inevitability, how everything, we're not going to be able to fix what's happening. It's, we're going to lose. You know, I love that. And um, I also like the vagueness of it. And that the deny, that dynamic of Trudy coming back the way she does. Last time, Ebony, despite being on her knees, Trudy didn't have the, she, it wasn't in her to just leave Ebony mm-hmm. to suffer. You know what I mean? It, it was in Trudy to step in and try to protect Ebony from the chosen, even though she had her own problems with her. For her to look at Ebony, she wanted Ebony to see who she was. Yeah. She deliberately, un, you know, reveals herself to her and then does nothing. She doesn't offer a hand to Ebony. She doesn't ask her if she's okay. She just leaves her where she saw her. There's a fearlessness in Trudy. Mm-hmm. There's a look on her face that's enjoying Ebony's misery. That is not the girl we last saw. I, that contrast of letting you know immediately something has happened to her. She is not the Trudy you remember. You know, that's why we saw all those scenes with her in the cave, cave so we'd understand the difference between the yeah. actual Trudy and the one that the Chosen have got their claws into. This isn't something the old Trudy would have done. She would have been like, Ebony, are you okay? What are you doing down here? Or something. She would have addressed her. And I do love the contrast of Ebony being absolutely mm-hmm. powerless in her own misery and Trudy's towering over her. And just the way she just walks away, it was just the way she needed Ebony to see. She didn't need to do that. She could have just kept walking and Ebony would have been like, who are you? What are you, know, but no, she mm-hmm. deliberately unmasks mm-hmm. herself. Look who's back, you know, and then walks away. Mm-hmm. I don't care why you were down there. It's not my business. I have a job to do. Oh, girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just take him out, Trudy. This scene, just it makes me so happy. <laughs> I was going to say, I will say that this was the episode that conditioned me that this show, like whenever they play that music, immediately I know that something epic is about to happen. That's going to change the entire season completely. And at, at every season after season two, I was looking, I was like listening out for that music, like waiting for it. Trudy walked in there as if to say, okay, I left you all to your devices. But the real drama queens come back to take her throne. None of you were able mm-hmm. to carry this without me. <laughs> I'm going to bring some real acting back. And especially in this episode, after we've seen Ebony dramatically throwing herself on the ground because of Bray. <laughs> <laughs> to have Trudy back, it's such a treat. And I think it's also important from a writing standpoint, a storytelling standpoint, thematic standpoint. If you're feeling sorry for Ebony because... You know, Bray just metaphorically Mm -hmm. plapped her across the field. Um, (laughs) Trudy returning in this moment while Ebony's at her lowest, where she's sitting in a sewer crying. Trudy coming back reminds you why Ebony's in the position she's Mm -hmm. in. Like, if you felt sorry for her, remember what she did to this poor girl. (laughs) Like, don't forget. She is guilty of her sins. She Mm -hmm. has done horrible things to people. So having Trudy come back in that moment is like, oh, yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh yeah, Ebony's responsible for all of that. Yeah, would have been pretty messed up if Bray had just forgiven her and took up with her. You know what I mean? Um, so really good reminder that Ebony's not some innocent angel who, oh, it was so wrong of Bray to put, you know, tell her I don't love you and I don't care mm. about you and I don't want you. No, 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 she's not innocent. You know, um, she's hurt people. And here is a person who was hurt directly by her. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like uh, Trudy's expression is almost clairvoyant. Like she knows exactly what happened to Ebony. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously she didn't, but that expression is so knowing. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it just has that lovely vibe of be afraid. Be very afraid. Mm -hmm. yeah. And of course, once again, Antonia, the classic beauty just showed up. Oh man. Like you all deserve it. I'm sorry. I don't feel, I don't feel sorry for anybody. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> what did the farmer say to Dal? You haven't been paying attention. Have you? <laughs> More rats haven't. Nope. Nope. Too busy about power. And here comes chaos. <laughs> Like speaking of themes, like I don't think it was a coincidence how she came down in the sewers or hooded up because it reminded me of when Zoo first entered mm -hmm. the room and then he pulls back the hood. Like, yeah. they, I feel like they played back on that. Like, here comes chaos. <laughs> Absolutely. So beautiful throwback to one of her season one outfits. Um, remember when she ran away with Dal and she had her little hooded cape part of her outfit? You know, it was very mm -hmm. dramatic. Mm -hmm. And I liked seeing that again. My queen of drama. Mm. She knows how to make an entrance. Mm -hmm. And I was so happy to see her again. I was, you guys. Mm -hmm. I was like, I was mm -hmm. wondering, like, when are we going to see her? When are we going to see her? And it makes the best entrance of all time. It's, it's like I feel like something had been missing all this time when she walked in. Mm -hmm. Trudy! <laughs> Would you have preferred not to have had the Tai Sam pre-warning? Would you rather it just happened or do you think it... Like... Nah, it, it, it fit in. It kind of fit in. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, to this day, I'm, I'm, I don't buy buy into that. She's a psychic <laughs> or whatever. I think she just hit the prune juice too hard or whatever. But what an amazing comeback. And I'm not crediting that to Tizan for warning everybody. Trudy has the best timing out of everybody mm -hmm. in the entire series. She knew exactly when to come back. <laughs> I do like it thematically, the warning, because... Mm -hmm. um, you may not realize it at first, but so you see Trudy come back and you may think, awesome, Trudy's back. I don't know how she got away, but I'm really glad she's back. Or maybe you don't like Trudy and you don't like she's back, whatever. The point is, she's the harbinger. You don't realize mm -hmm. that she's the harbinger of doom that Tyson's actually talking about. But you would never imagine that it was Trudy who's going to bring yeah. their doom. You know what I mean? I just, that's nice, clever writing, you know? Um, yeah. In, in the same way that Sabine points out that, you know, she is reminiscent of how Zoot was dressed with the hood and everything. And I, I just think there's something hidden there that as a writer, you don't realize that Trudy is the doom. You don't get that right away. You see her, she's back, but how many people realized, how long were they able to hide the secret of what Trudy was actually doing? You know, and for so for Tyson to be letting us know it's coming, something we can't stop. And that's when Trudy arrives. I, I just think that was really mm -hmm. good. Really well done. Yeah. She's finally home. 
<laughs> she's going to start that storm, you know, and it's just really good writing. I loved it. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. A plus episode. Uh, cool. So that brings series two, episode 32 to a close. Thank you very much to the panel. And if you'd like to take part in a future episode of the podcast, send us a message over on our Facebook page or on our website, thetribe.co.uk. So we'll see you next time for episode 33. Until then, bye. Bye. Later. Bye.